Hi, and welcome to the Sly and the Guys movie podcast, the premiere podcast about Hollywood legend Sylvester Stallone, where we go through his filmography, film by film, in chronological order. I'm one of your co-hosts, South Turk. I'm the other co-host, Chris Pope. And uh, welcome to today's episode. Chris, uh, what what did we watch today? Uh, we watched... 1978's Fist. Ooh, yeah. So Fist, huh? It must be must be another like a uh, uh, fighting sport action movie, right? Yeah, it's actually it it uh, chronicles the rise of the Hamburger Helper, played by <laughs> Sylvester Stallone, <laughs> and how he had to fight his way to the top. That's that's actually a pretty good pitch. Pretty pretty good idea. I'm surprised that hasn't happened yet. No, 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 no. That is not no. what Fist is about. Fist uh, is about the rise of Johnny Kovac, uh, mm. who who starts as a a loader and then works his way up a union. Uh, oh. It's 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 Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah, the movie. Yeah, but not quite. No, it's not Jimmy Hoffa. It's not Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like uh, store brand Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah, it's it's great value, Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah, there you go. Uh, nineteen seventy-eight. This is his first movie off of uh, uh off the su- success of Rocky. Um, and uh, everyone was highly anticipating what he would do next. I I was you know you're coming into this movie. The movie he wrote was Best Picture. He was nominated for Best Actor. So mm-hmm. it's gonna be a great movie. It's yeah. gonna be really good. It's an epic. It's two and a half hours. Yeah, long. it was directed by Norman Jewison who's made amazing movies a everyman director who's all you can always count on him the thomas crown affair heat of the night fiddler's roof uh rollerball the hurricane he's made all sorts of movie made millions of dollars he's considered like a can't miss director um once he was uh called a goddamn pinko by john wayne for having a beard so okay in my book if you know what i mean <laughs> if john wayne cusses you out you're you're probably a good good folk there yeah you're on the right track yeah uh-huh and and then this is actually uh the 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 first movie written by joe esteros a who would become a famous screenwriter it was a passion project he worked on it for like three years man a lot went into this movie it's it it's uh, epic it's it's gotta be good there, nothing nothing could stop this movie from being good but this lineup the money behind it nothing could stop it from being good there before it came out they were saying stallone's gonna win best actor for this this is like yeah and yeah let's get into it okay yeah go, okay chris what what uh how's this movie begin here uh, it opens with this like grand orchestral, like just all these sweeping shots oh. of Cleveland. Yeah, with s- it's it, so epic. It starts really ominous, like almost like Jaws, like like something scary is going to happen, and then it transforms into this like epic, like almost belongs in like one of those cowboy movies, not like the spaghetti westerns, but yeah, the, the old like, ones, yeah, yeah, like, like the John Ford, John Wayne movies. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, for those counting at home, that's two Duke references. If we hit three, you have to down an entire bottle of whiskey, so. Oh, I thought it was going to be mayonnaise. <laughs> oh, gotcha, gotcha. 
so we get these sweeping shots of of Cleveland, nineteen thirty-seven. Mm-hmm. Good year, I guess. Uh, and uh, so we're at the height of the Great Depression, uh, and we're in Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sixty years before Drew Carey and his gang would <laughs> take revitalize to the, the town. Yeah, take to the streets to sing Cleveland Rocks. Uh, but as the, as the beginning of the movie shows, as Cleveland doesn't quite rock yet. Yeah, no, it seems uh, pretty rough. Yeah, there's uh, a he, lot of people looking for a job. Yeah, I mean they're doing the old thing you see, I guess, happen. But I've only seen it in movies where people wait wait outside of factories because oh they're gonna hire one new person today. Uh, you know, everyone wants it and everything. So yeah, we see that going on at the uh, the factory uh, that's gonna really set this thing in motion this whole this whole movie yeah so we get uh one guy named dombrowski he's the guy that they hire yeah uh all out of this crowd of like 50 guys all mm. all ravenous for one job yeah um they try to i guess make a joke about that he's polish but he's black well like, i think i think the joke's in the movie like i don't like i thought it too i was like is this like a joke for us the audience but then, like, they recognize, you know, like, it's like a in-movie joke, so. I gotcha. Um, so he comes in, and, and we, we find out basically the boss is an asshole, like, right off the bat. Yeah. The work conditions aren't great. Yeah, this is where we meet Stallone playing jo- Johnny Kovacs. He's already got a job there. Um, he The boss tries to make him pay for, like, an apple or something he's eating or an onion or whatever he's chewing on. I don't know why yeah. he would just chew on an onion randomly, so I guess it's an apple. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the, the working conditions are just, like, you work here until the truck gets here. Yeah. Even if it's you're here till 10, you're only getting paid eight hours. If you break anything, you pay for it. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, just normal asshole working conditions yeah yes mm-hmm. so the new the new guy ends up uh, dropping a whole a whole three or four carts of tomatoes that the boss had made him carry because he first had one and the boss is like no 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 man you got carrying more than that and um load them up yeah so uh <laughs> the poor guy he just drops them all and you know it doesn't go well for him it seems like his first day but time time is used very loosely in this movie so yeah, so he drops that stuff. Every Kovac and a, and a few of his friends help him pick up the tomatoes. They get yelled at, and one of them gets fired yeah. just for helping him pick up the tomatoes. So, mm-hmm. you know, again, we're just underscoring this guy's terrible to work for. Yeah, mm-hmm. if only things would change in labor practices. There's got to be something we can do about it. Like yeah, something somebody can do to make the working conditions better, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, things, uh, you know, progress more terrible uh, working and uh, their boss comes out and yells at them while they're unloading a truck full of fish, mm-hmm. tells them to put the stuff inside and they get mad. So they all just Kovac and, and company all throw the crates of fish out onto the uh, onto the road. They're like, oh, I don't care if we're going to pay for it. Let's throw all of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As a sign of protest. Um, but this also, uh, the guy driving the truck of fish notices this mm-hmm. in uh, old Mike Monahan, and he'll, he'll come into play later. So take note, gentle viewers. 
our listeners. So they're they're wrecking all the the loads and and demanding to speak with the higher ups. I want to talk to Boss Andrews, mm-hmm. and uh, that's exactly what they get. They, yeah. Uh, they get a meeting with the higher ups, and and they say, you know, we want better working conditions. We don't want to have to pay for stuff we accidentally break, and mm-hmm. we want overtime. The guy agrees to most of them. Yeah, and he seems very uh, he seems very agreeable to their you know issues and everything. So yeah, it's like oh, these are all reasonable requests. Uh, requests. I can't uh, can't promise overtime. I got to go talk to other people about that. But yeah, mm-hmm. you got yourselves a deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did find it interesting that they didn't fight to get the one guy that got fired's job back, like as part of the deal. But oh, I thought they did for some reason, but I don't know. So uh, celebration, Johnny Kovac did it. He yeah. negotiated us mm-hmm. better wages. He's better. the man. Yeah, yeah. So but... let's go to the bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and arm wrestle. Uh yeah. Uh, foreshadowing for a future film in Stallone's filmography but you know Uh, it's a good representation that he's a man of the people you know he's everybody's friend like he's a he's a good guy yeah everybody likes johnny kovac Mm -hmm. um but you know after celebrating and and being misogynistic and two men taking on one in a arm wrestling match and losing yeah uh, they get to they get to work the next day and everybody's already clamoring for jobs. They got fired. Yeah, they were tricked. <laughs> they were hoodwinked. <laughs> now, now at this point in the movie, we have to say this is maybe twenty minutes in. Um, Stallone has not really shown any more acting ability than he has in the other six films we've tackled, and that's not okay because some people are already like giving it their all so quickly Mm -hmm. we start to realize you know this isn't bad but you know it's it's kind of weird but hey stallone stallone he pulled it off in rocky why can't he pull it off here you know so i think the problem is kovac isn't supposed to be a punch drunk idiot Yeah, yeah, that, that might be a problem there. So I saw an uh, interview with the director where, you know, when they were working on, Stallone helped rewrite this allegedly. No, he and... didn't. He did not. He did not he do didn't. that. No. Let me tell you about the history of this movie, okay? This movie, <laughs> Joe Esteras is, has very entertaining books about his time in Hollywood. And I forgot, I, I don't think I read it all the way, but his biography autobiography he talks a lot about this movie and um so like i said this was his passion project he traveled the country researching it okay for like two years putting it together directors came and went finally they're ready okay who who do you think they wanted to star in this movie hmm pacino de niro they sent the script to De Niro. This script was huge. This script was like 387 pages. They wrote an intermission in it. Like the idea was like this Dr. Shivago like epic detailing the like rise and fall of the unions and the corruption of unions in America, right? Yeah, and he wanted to like write the great American novel. Yeah. Right? Like that was kind of what yeah. he... So um, they sent it to De Niro. Nothing. Every time they call, he's going to get to it. He's going to get to it. Still nothing. 
so finally after a while like the producers are like hey we got to move you know like we there's this new hot shot and they're like who and they're like stallone and right now everyone was in love with rocky so they he met was a folk hero yeah yeah so they met with rocky i mean met, sorry i mean same person he is rocky really um it, it, they meet with him give him a handshake agreement you know who calls the next day and says he'll do it de niro <laughs> but they they're not really upset yet <laughs> so stallone signs on they can't they, they already told Stallone yes so they can't get De Niro which is a real damn shame because I can't imagine this movie with De Niro it might be an American classic with De Niro so like so you have that um and of course you know Stallone's not just an actor Chris he's not just a director yeah no no he actually considers himself at this point in, in in 1978 he considers himself first a writer so the only reason he'll sign on to this movie that he's already like they've already have a handshake agreement is that he gets a co-writing credit gets a pass on the script now joe esteros freaks out he's like this is my passion project this is my baby i don't let him do this and norman Jusen's like no 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 don't worry about it don't worry about it he's not gonna he's not gonna have anything to do with it they keep they supposedly keep him like from writing most of it or like rewriting most of it i think he yeah, I think that like he does some of his own lines until the end, until the end of this movie, right? Where he starts demanding some ridiculous things. So, spoiler <laughs> alert! And I'm sorry, this is—I don't know where else to put this in the podcast because we've already this far into the story. Because honestly, this story is more interesting than the movie. Absolutely, yeah. So, like we said, it's not Jimmy Hoffa, but it's it is kind of Jimmy Hoffa. It's, it's inspired by Jimmy Hoffa. So mm-hmm. everyone knows. Well, actually, no one knows what happens to Jimmy Hoffa, but that's the entire point that he's dead somewhere, more than likely. Stallone gets to that scene where he dies, and he's like, "I ain't gonna do it." And they're like, "What?" He's like, "No, mm-mm. Uh, the hero my, can't die. The hero can't die. I'm not gonna die. Rocky doesn't die." And like, they're like, "You're not Rocky, though. You're Jimmy Kovacs or Johnny Kovacs." Sorry. And he's like, no, I, I mean, the audience sees me as Rocky now. And Rocky doesn't die. They have to, <laughs> they have to threaten to sue Stallone to get him to even begin to shoot that scene. The day before they shoot the scene, that they've had to like threaten lawsuits, threaten legal action to get Stallone to do it. He says, oh, my neck, my neck hurts. I can't shoot it. Can't shoot it. So they have to shut down production again. They bring in two doctors, okay, to check out his neck. The studio brings in their doctor, and Stallone brings in his doctor. They have they have different opinions about if his neck's all right or not. You can assume which one's which. Finally, through all the lawsuits and all the bullshit, everything we suspected Stallone to be it's true like he's like holding up production like no this is mine this is what you know so they get one shot but norman norman jewison is such a like professional he's like one shot i can do it no problem and they do it of course okay yeah this is after like throughout the entire like movie the stallone's been doing press and he's like yeah i wrote this movie about like um 
you know, the, the rise of like Jimmy Hoffa and all this stuff, like taking full credit for the entire, like I wrote this movie. Joe Esteros yeah. gives an interview and he says, the dude can't even fight. If I see him, I'm going to beat his ass. Right. Yeah. They had to keep him off set. Yeah. They? Yeah. Like, yeah. It calls, it calls, it calls such an issue. They banned him from the set because Stallone threw a hissy fit. That's the famous thing where he apparently had a punching bag in his hotel or whatever. He's with Joe Esteros's picture on it. Like Stallone <laughs> is such a pussy. Like he signed on to this movie, right? Like I wrote it, you know, no problem. The other thing he changed was, well, we'll get there, but like someone dies later in the movie and Stallone changed it to where he didn't do it. <laughs> because he saw this character as like a hero. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. not really a hero. Yeah. Well, <sighs> he has good intentions at the beginning, but yeah exactly uh, which is which which is fine but like stallone just thinks he can't like not be a hero and this is the only movie he's ever died in spoiler alert i know this is like throwing off the whole like like structure of the podcast and all this but there's no way not to like get into it early on right uh, about the issues with this movie and that is the issues with this movie stallone is is so far so this movie is so far over stallone's head he's drowning through most of it I do like in one of the interviews I watched, Norman Jewison said Lone Stallone was trying to work. He's like, don't worry about the writing. Don't worry about the writing. You're actually going to have to act in this. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. Focus on your performance. Yeah. Because I'm going to ask you to act and you're not a fighter anymore. Yeah. And Norman Jewison also is like so sad about this movie. Like he, every time you like, I've watched several interviews of him and every time it comes up, he's just like, yeah, guess it just wasn't that good. Maybe it was the casting oh man that's oh well that's it for slaying the guys i'm chris <laughs> there's a there's a great quote i have you here somewhere but it's just like how how egotistical he was or i guess probably still is to a degree um yeah 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 <laughs> The quote was, the public will not accept me dying. I'm Rocky. I'm a hero. It's going to hurt the movie, and it's going to hurt me. So I think what's what's my favorite part about all of that is after the movie comes out. Yeah, let's, let's just wait. Well. Yeah, let's get, let's get through the rest of the... Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh... All right. So back in Cleveland, 1937 bad working conditions johnny and crew are fired what's gonna happen old mike uh mike monahan Monahan? yeah mike monahan mike monahan shows up at the bar talks to johnny and his friend abe and says hey do you guys want to come work for the union i work for the truckers union you guys can uh, recruit people i'll give you commissions everybody that you can recruit so we can get them better working conditions Mm -hmm. i can't pay you salary but i can give you a car yeah so Stallone's like a car and then immediately goes, starts flirting with girls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As you do. Mm-hmm. And uh, where he goes and starts courting Anna Zelinkas and just the courtship is so awkward and weird. Like he's just bullying her. Ah, uh, how shocking that. Stallone's I just wish character... I could have seen it coming. Yeah, that Stallone's character bullies a woman into going out with him. Hmm. Uh, it's just... 
he's just he, he's good old sly yeah uh mm-hmm. you know baseball's book the bible i'll talk about anything she's like what do you lie and i lie to get along with stuck up ladies yeah mm-hmm. anyways so he kind of falls flat on his face trying to trying to get with anna so he goes about his business him and abe go try and uh recruit people to join the union and nobody really wants to go along with it because they think if they're they're seen talking with union organizers they're going to get fired yeah yeah but they start they start attracting some people it starts going mm -hmm. well yeah sorry i'm just trying to speed it up like yeah absolutely yeah Mm -hmm. so uh things get better and better uh he uh finally gets people to come to a meeting Mm -hmm. uh peter boyle shows up as the the president of the union uh to swear in all the new members yeah we can see that that johnny kovac is, is clearly starting to become like the the hot shot in the union mm-hmm. uh again they don't really uh focus on time too much but we can see time has passed he's got an office at the union now and he's clearly like everybody's not really there for the union they're kind of more there for johnny kovac because no I, how... I don't think that i just think he's a great recruiter you know what i mean and and peter peter boyle is an asshole you know his yeah. character max graham um you know he's just kind of like mal he's he's angry he's short-tempered and everything i think people are there for the union but it's just like they prefer kovac you know over him. yeah and his approach absolutely yeah yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah i agree with you yeah um man mm-hmm uh, so uh, now that Johnny's a successful recruiter, people from the company that he was fired from show up and offer him a job. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I knew if I did a job good enough, was sorry for those good call. Good job. Yeah. I knew, I knew what I'd say then what I'd say now. And I still kind of had hope for him in this movie of this scene where I was like, that wasn't that bad. Like, you know, his, his acting ability. Mm-hmm. But, uh. Um, Get the hell out of my office. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so johnny's all in on the union yeah oh yeah completely um also like throughout all these scenes he, it's shown that he knows like a local gangster type um uh vinnie doyle and all this stuff he you know he kind of hangs out with them but he, he doesn't really get into organized crime you know he stays away from it but it, it establishes there's a relationship with him yeah um yeah, they see him at the bar and stuff like that. And and it's also established that, that Peter Boyle, Max Graham, the president of the union, doesn't really like or doesn't trust Johnny Kovac because he wasn't a trucker. Yeah. And thinks mm-hmm. that he's just going to take the money as soon as, you know, yeah. doesn't realize he's already been offered money, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, thinks he's just going to take the money and run. Mm-hmm. So uh, drunk Johnny shows up at Anna's house. As, yeah, a real, a, blah, 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 a real way to impress a lady. Uh, and, uh, she says, uh, she's not going to go out with him. He's drunk. I've got a headache. And he goes, headache for what? I just got here. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. More, I more classic one of your, still on. <laughs> one of your, uh, one of your favorite lines of the movie, I think. Yeah, yeah. After she's like, <laughs> no, like, completely, like, turns him down. He's like, well, is your mom home? Uh, maybe I can try the original, original model or something, <laughs> like. If I can't go out with you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Great stuff. Great stuff. Uh, but, uh, you know, 
uh, Abe and both Abe, Johnny's friend, and Johnny both end up getting jumped by uh, by people that work at the truckers' union. Oh yeah, uh, you know, in two separate incidents, or not at the truckers' yeah, union, I was about to say no, the, the company. Truck, yeah, the company. Yeah, right. They want them to back off. Mm. Um, so, but lo and behold, uh, a, a strike happens. Mm-hmm. They, hold... or they threaten a strike. Yeah. They uh they make some uh they they have a meeting with the the leadership at the company and mm. the leadership's like we're not going to budge. Yeah. So, strike. Yeah. Then at this point, and, on... yeah, at this point you can even tell that like because um Mike Monahan, you know, is technically above Johnny, but Johnny mm-hmm. really like th- th- this is when Johnny really grabs the bull by the horns and kind of takes over, you know. So, yeah. In that in that meeting, yeah, Johnny mm-hmm. kind of gets hot headed, and you know, yeah. do you know how much money you're going to lose on the strike? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to cut him. I'm going to cut him off. What? Your balls. <laughs> oh, God damn, to Roosevelt! What this country needs is Douglas MacArthur. Mm-hmm. So the uh, the powers that be at the the trucking company uh hold out they're not gonna they're not gonna budge go ahead and strike we don't care yeah so the strike starts and oh uh, it goes on for a long time yeah it goes on for a while i think a lot longer than the the trucking company expected yeah eventually they uh they call in reinforcements Mm -hmm. they call in uh picket picket busters pinkertons pinkertons yeah the famous pinkertons uh, to break up the break up the strike, they uh, you know shoot them with fire hoses and mm. they uh, beat, set fire to their tents. Yeah, beat the hell out of them. Beat the crap out of them. Yeah. Uh, one thing uh, you brought up, we we talked about it off podcast, but the fight scenes and and like the action scenes are pretty good in this. Like, I mean, honestly, most of the scenes are pretty good in this. It's just there's yeah. just one element can't put my finger on it. Just can't figure out what not. It's uh. not good. We'll try and get to the bottom yeah. of it throughout the mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah, but I I think I like older movies fight scenes just because they're not so frantic and quick cuts. Yeah. Like everything is clear, clear. You can mm-hmm. see what's happening. Yeah, as opposed to like you know the the after the born movies, everything just becomes quick cuts and frantic handheld yeah. stuff. Well, you can't. It's hard to tell what's really going on. Hmm. Um. <clears throat> well, during this melee, you know, they get into a fight and everything. Mike is so furious that they're just beating the crap out of everybody. He gets into a truck and he's going to ram the gate. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, just driving right for it. Uh, going to mm-hmm. take it out. He's a man on a mission. You goddamn bastards. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately. They shoot him, but you know, what do you think was going to happen here? But Stallone sees it. Stallone yells out. Over X. Mm-hmm. Is it my fault? Tell me it's not my fault. Yeah. Did I do this? But you know, like, <sighs> anyways. Can, yeah. So we go to the we go to the funeral. That's the that's the catalyst that that makes the the Johnny Kovac realize that they got to go about things differently now. Yeah. So at at uh, at Mike's funeral, Johnny meets with his old pal Vinny. Yeah, Vince the the mafioso type, Vinny Doyle, and, the friends uh, and enemies of Vinny Doyle. 
and uh, basically uh, get in cahoots with the mob. They get some muscle. Like, yeah, we're gonna fight back. Mm-hmm. And there's some gonna pretty sh- cool scenes here, like when the mob throws a like Molotov cocktail type thing into like one of the trucks or something, like while it's driving. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh-huh. They're stealing trucks. They're yeah. they're mm-hmm. they're going all out. Um, Abe Abe is against Abe is against this the whole time. He wants to go about it like the normal way, like oh, we just gotta persevere. Yeah, Abe Belkin, uh, uh, Johnny Kovacs, kind of little brother type, like, um, person. I guess we haven't really addressed him, but he's, he's like, kind of with him the entire movie, or most of the movie. He's kind of his, like, the an- the good angel on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so Abe's not sure about all this, but, you know, it's getting the job done. They, um, they pretty much join forces and, and storm the gates of the trucking place and pull the pull the gate down and you know it's they they overtake it they win pretty much the uh the president of the trucking place you know finally uh meets most of their demands to it to win the uh end the strike yeah um Oh, there is that one really cool scene in that final showdown where it's kind of, you know, the two gangs coming together and you think they're just going to run right into each other. And Mm -hmm. then uh, it's Vince and his guy or Vinny and his guys going up against the trucker guys. And then Johnny and all his guys show up behind the Pinkertons and stuff and just Mm -hmm. just surround them and flank them and uh, beat the crap out of everybody. And, And Johnny beats the just shit out of one guy yeah and i guess kills him yeah we come to find yeah. out two hours later yeah that's ne- that's never really but i guess that's the point that's the point really because he because johnny doesn't realize it so when we don't realize it so that's yeah that's cool that worked out so after that johnny and abe uh hit the road and and try to expand the union they go out throughout the midwest and like kentucky and illinois and and just all throughout the midwest recruiting more people mm-hmm. more and more people because uh, they want the fist to be more powerful because they see what they did work so they want more yeah they want more they want yeah well i mean like they they want to expand the union and um you know get get what the uh truckers of all of america really need through fist the federation of interstate truckers so they finally go interstate yeah mm-hmm. um fist goes in yeah fist goes fist uh so while they're going out you know we see now that johnny's got like his slick hair nicer suits like he's he's clearly making doing well for himself and the union's doing well um and they find out one guy in chicago doesn't want to join the union yeah mm-hmm. hey. it's old brian dennehy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but uh don't worry uh they get him but uh <laughs> yeah because uh, uh more ways than one because Johnny goes and tries to talk to him, but it's just not its just not going to work out, you know? He's like, look, we already got good benefits. I don't need yeah. you. Mm-hmm. We're good. Yeah. So uh, Vince introduces Johnny to... Another uh, gangster. An evil gangster to, <laughs> to Vinnie Doyle's good gangster. Uh, Babe Milano. Babe Milano played brilliantly by Tony Lobianco. Mm-hmm. Uh... And uh, Babe's just like, you know what? We'll do this for you. Yeah. 
but you owe me a favor. So deal with the devil. So they make a deal with the devil, and the devil goes and sexually assaults Brian Dennehy's wife. Well, the devil doesn't. His dudes do. So agents of the devil wait, wait, go... Is, what, was that wrong? <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> okay, you just looked at me like... <laughs> I was trying to think of the word agents. Oh, agents. Yeah, not like dudes. So, no, so one wants dudes to watch, <laughs> no one wants to go work at a an agent ranch and run in the curly... <laughs> And have Curly take you on a lost adventure for gold? No, you want to go to a dude ranch and do that. Uh, <laughs> so they make a deal with the devil, and the dudes of the devil go and assault <laughs> sexually Brian Dennehy's wife. The dudes of the devil do the deed. <laughs> Indubitably. Indub- yeah. The dirty dudes of the devil and do. No, never mind. We're just kidding. So the movie Dirty Deeds. Yeah, done dirty deeds. Uh, so yeah so they uh they, they don't they don't they don't rape her but they start the raper they do like throw her on the bed and like take her clothes out well not take her it's actually they rip her shirt yeah rip her shirt it's actually pretty light compared to all the rest of the goddamn movies we've watched uh, and these guys are supposed to be bad uh so it does it does it works uh the guy the holdout like says okay okay now you threaten to rape my wife so already we're we're seeing that the corruption of the fist union has begun. Like the fist starting to take hold. Mm-hmm. Bega- uh, begun. <laughs> the fisting of the fist begins. Begun the fisting of the fist has. Uh, but of course, Babe doesn't do anything for free. Uh, no. Most gangsters call, don't. <laughs> calls in his favor, which is none of his trucks. None of the trucks can deliver to bars that don't have one of babe's jukeboxes in it yeah hey real quick i've got a pitch for you for a startup i'm thinking of okay okay so so like today in 2021 we live in this like uh uh economy of gigs they call it gig economy right where you can Mm -hmm. like order your food you you know and have it delivered and all that stuff and you can order like people to come clean your apartment etc etc what about an app that allows you to hire local mobsters to carry out your um, evil deeds that you don't have time to do yourself? I love it. Yeah, I'm trying what to think. We're going to call this app. We can call it. Um, uh, I don't know. Uber Uber Mafia. <laughs> Uber. I. Don't, yeah. I uh listeners write in uber enforcers yeah yeah listeners write in um let us know a good uh name for this idea and we might include you yeah get in on the ground floor of this this brilliant idea that's that's only going to take off and and do good things yeah Mm -hmm. hey it'll still be more honest than most of those like those things i was looking at like the grubhub order from last night i don't give a shit i was listening i was looking at the grub or i was looking at the details of my grubhub order from last night and it was like they take like a ten dollar processing fee with a six dollar like delivery fee and it's like for a thirty dollar like order you know it's like okay you guys are making like twenty six dollars off of my like thirty six dollar order not to mention whatever percentage you're taking from the company you know the restaurant like it's ridiculous and this has been right (laughs) this has been south's moral corner 
I just ordered a cheesy roll-up from Taco Bell. Why is it $40? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. So let's let's go lightning round. Uh, Johnny and Anna get married. Abe's yeah. leaving for the West Coast because yeah. Johnny's sold out. Abe doesn't want any part of it, so he's, he's shooting out to San Francisco. Yeah, and he doesn't, he, he, he doesn't quite say it, you know? He's just kind of more like you – you can tell Abe's not comfortable with a lot of it. In fact, he even, like, uh, walks in on um, – like Johnny, like a, seat, a meeting between um, Johnny and Milano, like kind of realizes it, you know. Mm-hmm. And so at Johnny's wedding, yeah. Abe tells Johnny that he's leaving for the West Coast. Yeah, and there's some tension there, but you know they're childhood buds, so it. Uh... I will say in that scene, Johnny's drunk, like at his wedding, and he's like taking like the and, communion. In one that scene, stuff. <laughs> uh, I. I think Stallone plays an okay drunk. Man, he plays a believable drunk. Grasping for straws there. Yeah, I will say up until this point, I really, I really think up until this point, um, it's the best acting we've seen from him, and I think probably might be the best acting we get for a while for him because like we're making fun of him, but I think he kind of tried for a while in this movie. So, uh, side note, uh, Norman uh, Jewison did say that Stallone contacted him years later and said that he feels as though this is his greatest performance caught on film, and he appreciates Norman for that. Now, was he this was this? Bef- I wonder if this was before or after Copland, because most people go to Copland being um, Stallone's greatest uh, performance. You know, I don't know, but I do know that all in the interview, just Norman said, you know, after all the shit that went down and how he was like an asshole about the writing and everything that he did kind of, you know, he said he. Yeah. Yeah. Norman said that Stallone honestly loves this movie. Heaven knows why. Um... So, uh, yeah. So, um uh so this is this is where i imagine originally the uh the intermission would be because this was still in an age of intermissions so you know going for the real epic feel of this um because once we come back we, we're kind of into the second half of the movie um the second half of a two and a half hour movie uh and it's 1957 it's 1957 and we're in washington dc at the fist headquarters mm-hmm uh, Johnny's got gray in his hair. Yeah. You didn't know time had passed from the yeah. 1957. You do because Stallone's got gray in his hair. Oh, yeah, that fist is huge. It's got like 2 million members or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny's meeting with Max, old Peter Boyle from earlier, and mm-hmm. uh, Senator Madison, who's going to play a, a pivotal role in the rest of the movie. Yeah, Rod Steiger, Rod Steiger uh, really giving it his all in this. Rod Steiger, who uh, in that same interview, they said that they uh, he purposely kept Rod St- Steiger away from Stallone during production, so they wouldn't like wouldn't let him eat together, wouldn't let him like practice together or anything. Yeah, so there would be this. Uh, yeah, um, I'm sure that's why. I'm sure that's why <laughs> because of the tension. The story I heard is that Stallone kept a steady supply of local cheerleaders coming into his hotel. So uh, I think Stallone spent the making of this movie a little busy. Actual quote. Oh, man. 
Oh, sly. You sly dog, you. Mm-hmm. Still married at this point, so. So, uh, yeah, Johnny Kovac shows up. Uh, the Fist headquarters. Place is, place is really nice. I've got all this stuff, you know, everything you need. It seems a little... It seems a lot different from what Johnny, Johnny Kovacs as uh, used to. But where has he been exactly? No, they never really address that, do they? No, they don't. I I would assume he's just been, you know, he's probably the person that's been getting the two million members or yeah, whatever. Just, yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, but he's been wheeling and dealing, making deals with Babe Milano more and more. We see a scene where Babe wants even more money from the pension fund or or. Yeah, from the truckers union it's loans they're gonna pay them back yeah whatever Mm -hmm. um but abe uh shows up in dc and tells johnny that that max has kind of been making money under the table through nefarious means and shell companies yeah specifically uh, toy trucks at one point when they're like yeah hundred dollar toy trucks or something yeah each union office should have yeah that like some someone that knows max like like his wife owns the company yeah stuff like that just stuff that you that's very common in big business like white collar crime i guess they call it yeah uh so johnny uh doesn't believe max at first but then you know comes to find out it's all true no doesn't doesn't believe abe about max sorry what did i say you said max doesn't believe max okay yeah so yeah Um, Mm mm-hmm so Johnny doesn't believe Abe, but then uh, finds out it's all true, uh, confronts Max, and uh, has Max step down uh, as union president, and Johnny's going to run to take his place. Yeah, and, and around this time, we get a nice dinner scene with uh, the Kovac family, where we get um, Johnny's son, played by Anthony Kiedis, later to be in the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, those guys with socks on their dongs, with Will Ferrell as their drummer. <laughs> fucking hate the chili peppers write another song about california you rip you tom petty rip off i'm still on son in the movie fist yeah i wish i lived in california we might have something there so uh johnny is now president of the union and and yeah. uh uh-huh. senator madison knows like beyond yeah. a shadow of a doubt that he's in bed with with babe milano and yeah. other uh organized crime yeah madison's kind of the bad guy in this movie but he's really doing the right thing like you know yeah. like, he's really the good guy when you think about it but for movie purposes so uh, they start an investigation, and Abe wants Johnny to cut ties with all the organized crime, make the union clean again. You know, you're going to ruin the union. Yeah. And uh, so, and you always go ruin the union. Yeah. And sorry, I did Arnold there. <laughs> it would have been better. Yeah. So, and this is what I'm going to say. Stallone plays old man Kovac as his typical Stallone-ness. It's like, I think he gave up as soon as they put the white hair on him. He was like, well, if I got the white hair, I mean, I wouldn't have to act as much, right? It's almost as though when he does Judge Dredd 20 years later, <laughs> he's channeling this character because it's the exact same. <laughs> yeah. And I was so disappointed because the whole time I was like, man, you know, Stallone's not doing great, but it's not really doing bad until the 50s where it's, oh my God. 
this is when he goes into his classic just just yell loud and talk fast and that shows him yell mumble yeah 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 you know uh, so things are going pretty bad it seems because uh kovac has realized he's in too deep with the gangsters yeah everybody's being uh subpoenaed to appear in front of congress yeah uh it is really funny the one scene that like uh senator madison shows up at like the fist headquarters yeah and asks for all these different documents like we don't have it yeah like, all right well we need all your bank records don't have them yeah like, all right well we need all your contacts don't have them there was a fire last week sorry yeah yeah <laughs> like, that's how it uh, goes <laughs> Um, Doyle Doyle's still around. Good old the good gangster Vinny v- Vince Doyle Vinny Doyle the the gangster with the heart of gold. Yeah, uh, he comes in and um tells Kovac that uh, his old buddy Abe Belkin is going to testify against them. Oh man, and um, <laughs> it upsets Kovac, and he kind of can't believe it. But uh, he insists that uh, his good buddy not be harmed from the gangsters. This is supposedly one of the scenes Stallone wrote because originally Stallone was, or Kovac was going to order his good friend A. Belkin killed, completely going over to the dark side, which to me is the more interesting choice. It's closer to like um, the Godfather movies and stuff like that, where it's like you really see the moment he turns like Mm -hmm. bad, you know, like he's he's irredeemable. But no, here he's like, no, don't harm him. This is where Anakin kills the younglings. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, had that scene of Kovac (laughs) igniting a lightsaber. Yeah, a bunch of little, a bunch of little children truckers in the in the trucking daycare center. (laughs) Congress is coming in. What are we going to (laughs) do? Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, so, so so what do we so then we get so then we get um a scene I really like of Abe Belkin dying because it's like a because he has protection you know because he's they're testifying against possible gangsters but he, so he takes his like uh, agent to the uh, to the grocery store with him and uh, it's just like it, it's I think this is cool this is my favorite scene in the movie so then like uh, two guys with masks and guns like show up and they're acting like they're gonna rob the grocery store they're standing on like the uh, checkout counters and all that stuff like everyone get down get down and then like <laughs> and so you think like for a minute I was like was this just gonna be like payoff as an accident but then you clearly see like one of the guys searching the crowd find Abe and just take him out yeah just shoot them with shotguns yeah uh-huh. uh so <clears throat> we see uh johnny uh johnny kisses his wife goodbye heads to testify before congress and at his his testimony senator madison breaks the news to him that yeah abe is dead yeah abe's mm-hmm. been killed um a uh yeah poor old Abe accuses him of conspiring to have abe killed and, yeah it is pretty uh, suspicious <laughs> we do get this like uh like jack nicholson kind of like uh you want the truth i hold myself in contempt like kind of just like grandstanding yeah it's not good at all yeah but... this is this is so bad 
And oh my god, like Rod Krieger's Rod Rod is it Krieger? Who or Rod Steiger? Steiger. Rod uh, Steiger. 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 I don't know. He's great. Everyone's He's amazing great. Everyone's great. Everybody's great at this. P- P- Peter Boyle's great. I mean, everyone's good in this movie. Well, even Abe's pretty good. Yeah, even though yeah. He goes on to get murdered in '85, apparently. Yeah, I yeah. Was like, how come I haven't seen this guy? Da- in yeah, David recently? Huffman. Yeah, he is good. Uh, everyone except for one person is very good in this movie. I like. I don't know. I think maybe I don't know this for sure. But if if they were shooting like all the older stuff at a different location, maybe Stallone was already like really upset over the fight for this this upcoming scene that he kind of like quit trying because well no because i know this is how, what he thinks highly emotional people do they yell talk fast and mumble so and this is what he gets here and it's just awful it is and then he runs out of like <laughs> he runs out of like <laughs> court yeah court out into like the front of the are they where, where are they at in like the senate or something i don't know yeah and trucker the trucker union has like traffic jam log jammed the city with just trucks honking yeah like all day imagine if you're trying to go the fucking work like that's gonna be so miserable our uber enforcers are gonna be late <laughs> yeah because of these truckers <laughs> yeah uh-huh. so uh he yeah they start they all the people outside all the truckers start chanting chanting at him and all this stuff um fist fist yeah fist fist <laughs> fist isn't that that scene in a rec room for a dream uh, no, no no never mind sorry um so like yeah so i i wonder what that scene originally was written as it i mean because if he knows he killed him i imagine he wouldn't then just run out or maybe he had some kind of emotional breakdown or i don't know so anyways um kovac goes home uh Walks in the house, tries to get his buddy to come in. Is that his like bodyguard or somebody? Yeah, yeah. Tries to get his bodyguard to come in and like have a drink with or, him. Like his second in command. Or yeah, something, you know his new Abe, his Abe Light. Yeah, Abe two point Um, he won't come in. He goes inside. Everyone's well. <laughs> the house is empty. What? Where's Anna? Yeah, because he realizes uh, what he thinks is his wife in bed. It's just a couple of pillows. So he runs Talk around about the house a screaming. Pillow princess. <laughs> so he... Johnny Kovac was actually uh, paving the way for those like uh, anime, like full body, like the pillow... waifu pillows. Yeah, the waifu pillows. <laughs> this is actually nothing strange. I don't know why he was acting so upset. <laughs> so it's revealed in this point in the movie that mm-hmm. Anna didn't exist the whole time, and she's just been a pillow. But it fractures Johnny Kovac's reality, and he starts running around the house screaming. <laughs> yeah, for... realize, yeah, really. He, he get he. Everyone's gone. He freaks out, runs into the uh, into the down. Try to leave by going down the stairs. There's two guys down there. Bam! He's shot. That's the end of Johnny Kovac. Um, of course, the re- a- yeah, of course, the really hit the nail on the head that this is inspired by Hoffa. We see a truck driving down the interstate with a where's Johnny sticker, just like the where's, where's Jim- Jimmy. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh, we get this really inspirational montage of like the truckers of the world or something. 
Yeah, and... it's what made me want to become a trucker. <laughs> yeah. Not to get all those kids driving by, doing the, you know, pulling down, getting you to honk the horn. So, oh, yeah, that's the, that's the end of the movie. Fist. Fist. Yeah, fist. Whew, that's a very... My favorite... Go ahead. My, fi- my favorite review of this movie, they said that uh, in that interview, uh, Joe uh, Esterhaus said that Newsweek reviewed fist as J-U-N-K. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a little behind the scene, go, going back to behind the scenes stuff here. So Stallone didn't want to die. Um, fought it. There's reports that they filmed both endings, but I don't think that's really the case. I think they might've just like played around because what would, what, how else would this movie end? Just like Johnny being like, Whoa, walking off to the sunset or whatever. Um, so just acting like a pure diva. You know, even with the the Writers Guild thing, I mean, the the writing credit, like the whole point was that he couldn't do enough and the Guild would never give him credit. And, um, of course, that really upset him. That was like the entire point. But the the Writers Guild is very strict about this type of stuff. Um, They both sides entered like um, uh, entered requests um, to be sole writer on the movie. And um, they were going to go with Joe Esteros. But Joe Esteros had made a crazy deal for the novelization of this book. It was going to be like $400,000, right? Wow. Yeah. And so he, he only got paid really 80000 for the movie, and that was writing it over three years. So he was really excited. But it turns out that like whatever, um, the, whatever production or film studio this is had a deal that where like they had a 90-10 percentage uh deal for like book novelizations so where he thought he was getting like forty four hundred thousand dollars it was really going to be like 20 wow yeah so he was really upset about that and had a plan about how to get a better deal so he actually called up like the studio and made a lot of threats about he was going to call jimmy hoffa's son and tell him that this movie's being made and just cussed out whoever he'd get on the phone with and just act crazy. Like that was his plan. You know, he didn't really have Jimmy Hoffa's son, it's like number or anything. <laughs> and so they relented and like, okay, okay, we'll give you like a, we'll give you a, a 60% deal instead. So it's like $240,000. So he's happy with that, right? He's like, okay, mm-hmm. cool, 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 cool. The problem is, is that the, uh, the book, comp- the book publisher, had a deal that Stallone's face had to appear on the book. <laughs> Guess who has to give their permission for their picture to appear on the book? Stallone. <laughs> so Stallone calls and says, I'll give you my permission to have my picture on the book if you give me a writing credit. So that is why <laughs> Fist is credited screenplay by Joe Esteros and Sylvester Stallone. So that... <laughs> So everything we've always like, I think Stallone just kind of makes up his own lines and people are afraid to confront him. Like that is completely true. (laughs) Like, uh, man, in that, uh, in the interview I watched, they said, Joe, uh, Estraus said that, uh, Sly allegedly said he felt bad about everything after the movie came out. No, no, he called, he, well, yeah, because the movie bombed. Movie right. bombed, and then all of a sudden, like, Stallone in the press was like, no, you know, I totally didn't write it. Like, now that it's a stinker. 
right? Right. Yeah, but he called Joe and was like, "Hey, man, we need to like get together and like make bygones be bygones." And so, like, <laughs> invited him to lunch, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's like such a surreal thing that, like, um, uh, he said that like Stallone just apologized and was like, "I'm sorry." It was like your your entire movie and everything. And he comes up with this idea. He was like, "I, you know, you can't do anything with Norman." Like, I had the plan. I tried to get him to make it to two movies, so the first movie would be like really like yeah, you know, in really happy, and then like the second part would be the part where he dies and everything. And it's just like crazy Stallone stuff you know my favorite part of all of that is that I guess Joe did go to lunch with him and it said Stallone was on like one of those diets and working he kept out kept eating like his french fries yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah Stallone eat. ordered bean sprouts and yeah. ate half his sandwich yeah uh-huh. but you know that's just how it goes it's sad <sighs> but you know I guess he's a legend but yeah, after the movie's over, Stallone blamed everyone else. He blamed it. He, he blamed Norman Jewison, not the person that he was like making threats to and like made public comments about beating you know Joe Esteros up, but also like him and Joe have a good relationship now. So, water under the bridge. Mm-hmm. Oh, so Chris here on Sly and the Guys Movie Podcast, we have three rankings. We have. Direct the video, theatrical release, and inclusion in the Criterion Collection. What did you think of this movie? Uh, I oh man, I <laughs> we've spent so long trashing it. Uh, direct to video, absolutely. I'd I'd like to say direct to sleep. Really? Um, okay. I I I do. Uh, I like the story surrounding the movie, and mm-hmm. I think the movie had a lot of potential. It was really good, but just uh, there are great performances in it. It shot really well, but I, uh, you know, I normally watch movies three times. I did not watch this more than once because I. Ugh. What about you? What do you think? Um, I'm gonna say theatrical release. I think it, I. I mean, Stallone's performance is the thing that brings it down. Otherwise, I think it's a fine film. Um, I, you know, I, it worked for me. I mean, I, you know, I found it entertaining and engaging. Um, I think the real thing holding it back is Stallone. And for most, like I said, up until the fifties, like, he's not great, but I'm like, he's trying, you know, like he's doing yeah. the best acting we've seen so far. Cause sorry, Rocky's not really acting as it is mumbling, Yeah, you know? So like, I'm like, okay, like. He's trying, so screw it. Like maybe, you know, this won't be so bad. It's to the fifties where he just loses it, and that really affects the movie. And judging from his like the stories from behind the scenes, I think it also like ruins some of the stuff that would have more impact in the fifties. So I, I, I think that theatrical release. I mean, it. I thought it's worth watching. I think it's worth if you, if you like Stallone. I think it's worth uh, searching for. If you like Rocky, like Chris, maybe not. <laughs> I mean, a, like, a, like, a, like if you know, if Stallone is Rocky to you, you probably won't yeah. like this movie. But like, right. as an interesting piece of seventies uh, cinema, I, I think it's worth watching. It's definitely deserving of theatrical release. Um, I don't know. It's certainly better than the first few movies. I ju- I think just coming off of Rocky, I had such high expectations for this that I just shouldn't have for Stallone in this. Yeah, like I said, I think the movie's fine. 
Um, but I, ju- I just wouldn't watch it again. I think, yeah, I, I definitely think there's some scenes in it where he shines over anything else we've seen him do or I can think of. But then there's some stuff that's just he he gave up on, I guess, you know. But, um, you know, like I said, that's all uh, Norman Jewison's, not Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> there were a number of, of Seinfeld connections in this movie. Okay. All that, right. I, that I made quick. Uh, so uh, Kovac's mom, mm-hmm. Mrs. Kovac, uh, is Manya from The Pony uh, episode of Seinfeld. You know, I had the pony. Yeah. And everybody, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that's Manya from that episode, season two, episode two. Uh, Mike Monahan, uh, played by Richard Hurd, is Mr. Wilhelm and uh, George's boss in seasons six through nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrews, the first negotiator from the meeting uh, that right before they get fired at the beginning of the movie, is mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> Mr. Canterman okay. in uh, season nine, episode 20 of Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, you keep uh, going. I'm going to go grab a coffee, okay? Okay. And uh, the man... Uh, uh, Sandy Ward in this movie, who honestly I couldn't recognize, but I did find in the uh, IMDb credits, plays Pop, Pop Lazari, who's George's parents' neighbor in um, season seven of Seinfeld. So uh, unfortunately, there weren't more than that, but uh, you know, four. I think four connections to Seinfeld's pretty good. I think it's the most we've had in any of the the, the movies so far. Uh, and I look forward to finding more Seinfeld uh, in in future movies. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Great segment. Now we have a segment called <laughs> "Who is in this from Seinfeld?" <laughs> I think we can get a little more creative with that. Maybe um, the show about Stallone. I don't know. Sly Slyfeld. Yeah. Sign Seinvester. <laughs> neither's really rolling off the tongue too well writers listeners mm-hmm. readers folks watchers farmers folks <laughs> right truckers ice cream Fists. delivery men Fist- uber enforcers fisters uh chili peppers that are red hot <laughs> I wonder what he thinks of this movie. We should tweet him. I, I bet oh. Anthony Kiedis doesn't get too many tweets about Fist. <laughs> and look, he's got a pretty big filmography. Like, he's in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Not as Red Hot Chili Peppers, but as an actor, at least pre... I guess, stardom. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. He is on Twitter. Oh, but he hasn't posted anything since 2018, so... This Pro- might bring him back. Yeah, probably. Yeah, you never know. Oh, all right. Well, that was fun. Um, we, did, we do not really have any questions this week. Uh, I will assume that's also because of the lack of knowledge of this movie, because this movie is largely... Well, this movie is largely, uh, I don't want to say forgotten, but you know, not really known about. Yeah, it gets overshadowed by Stallone's other work in the seventies. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I and I think that is unfair. I think this movie is worth checking out if it's like ever streaming anywhere, but it doesn't seem to be. So, well, I guess that's that. Um, 
So uh, next time on Sly and the Guys, we'll be taking a, a deep dive into 1978's Paradise Alley. Yeah, a movie he was writing while making this movie. So while he was attempting acting during the day, he would go back to his hotel room and write Paradise, Paradise Alley. I guess maybe he had those cheerleaders... Um, like writing it reading well yeah i was gonna say transcribing it for him maybe that was he's like dictating it yeah yeah that is also why the the whatever town they shot this movie in um stallone did not come back for the premiere and joe esteros said it was probably because some of those cheerleaders were a little upset with them (laughs) uh but stallone also directs paradise alley yeah Mm -hmm. it's uh three italian-american brothers living in new york city slums in the 40s become involved in pro wrestling yeah Uh, well underground fighting yeah i don't think they acknowledge the pro wrestling's thing but we're gonna see a lot of familiar faces in it uh kowalski from this movie's in it oh wow vince Vinny, the good gangster, is in it. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, Wimpy from Lords is in it. Tom Waits and Armand Asante are in it. So mm-hmm. you know it's it's a movie only Sly could make. <laughs> That's one way to put it. Yeah, Paradise Alley, his first uh, directorial uh, effort, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, at that lunch with Joe, he he did say, "Yeah, anything else, I'm just going to direct myself." So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Well, uh, Chris, uh, as we sign off here, where where can folks find us? Uh, you can find us uh, anywhere. You can find us on milk cartons. Mm, I hope not, because <laughs> that means you can't find us. If you find us on milk cartons, that means you can't find us anywhere else, right? Yeah, they... so we signed an exclusive deal with Mayfield. <laughs> where to... You can only find us on milk cartons from here on out. Do they still uh, put missing children on milk cartons? I've never seen it in real life. I haven't seen a milk carton in yeah, I don't probably milk. since elementary school. Oh, there you go. So <laughs> now I just picture you going down the dairy aisle at like the grocery store with just like both hands over your eyes. Like no I'm afraid. Yeah. Those coolers are scary. Yeah, they are. They hum really loud. Yeah. And they're cold. Uh-huh. No thank you. Yeah. No thank you. So uh follow us uh Facebook Bush League Comedy, Twitter uh-huh. at Bush League Com. Okay instagram bush league comedy yeah uh that's bush.com mm-hmm. youtube.com slash user slash bush league comedy yeah Actually, it might just be youtube.com slash bush league comedy i think there's a c in there somewhere i think it's um youtube.com yeah. slash c slash bush league comedy that sounds right search for us on youtube bush league comedy slide the guys at gmail.com you can find me on Letterbox South T, where where I will where I will start reviewing all these movies we do. And uh, I guess that's it. You can also just come see us if you know where we live. Yeah. Um. And then uh, one last note: Sly and the Guys is brought to you by mm-hmm. Amazon Prime, where you can rent um, Paradise Alley for three ninety nine. Okay uh so we've signed up with the empire <laughs> please wherever you get your podcast rate us review us subscribe do whatever you do with podcasts tell your friends tell your family just don't tell stallone we're sliding the guys movie podcast i'm south and i'm chris 
See you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye.